What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 21 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write an email, send us, uh, if you want to write into the show, send us an email. It's at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is June 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and join, joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Troy Bracey. Yes, yes, we here, man. I'm excited to talk about movies, man. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get it. Troy, you know, this is kind of awkward as hell. It's like really weird <laughs> having to record yeah. in the same person. I can hear my yeah. own voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I always wear headphones, and yeah. it's like, this is my first time recording a podcast in a long time that I can think of without wearing the headphones. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm used to hearing your voice over the 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 microphone, I mean, the headphones, so it sounds <laughs> like it's crazy being here in person doing it. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, I'm too lazy. I'm too much of a bitch to uh, record this uh, video podcast. <laughs> so we could have totally done a video podcast. It's like the first time we're like we're actually recording the same in the same place. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but as far as podcast feeds go, actually, I talked to you guys last week about there's an iTunes problem. So what happened was uh, my people got in touch with with uh, with Anchor, who got in touch with iTunes with Apple, and apparently there's some kind of like hiccup or glitch in the system that's preventing apple from receiving uh podcast feeds from anchor so basically uh it's on it's on apple's end and not anything to do with anything we did or i okay, did or good, whatever good. That's good um i've been told in the email and that says that we're they're looking to fix the problem but all i can do is just sit there and wait so as far as our listens they haven't been impacted from, from what i can tell we've been heading the same steady numbers so i'm pretty i'm pretty chill but i know a lot of people uh, that i know are all about Apple Podcasts. So. so basically what he's saying is uh, don't blame us. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, yeah, with that, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and move on to our, our big topic of the show, sorta. Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the future! Yeah, so it's been a month already. You know... I will say I'm, we're, we're going to be doing Back to the Future, the segment here, in lieu of topic of the show, because I've been noticing that our runtime gets really long when we do both things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah for sure. So I, wanna, I just decided to ask that one, and plus I didn't even think, I couldn't even think of a topic of the show anyways. Yeah, it's a slower news week than usual, so I think yeah. it worked out kind of good. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy, man. We're already in June, man. It's half, we're halfway into the year. It tripped me out. I felt like we just did Back to the Future last week, um, <laughs> or the week before that. It felt like this one was by real fast hell yeah so we actually know what you know what troy i'm gonna tell you this right now this this uh back to the future is actually hella dope like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go into this doc right here i'm gonna just i'm gonna clear these out so you can't read no no cheating all right so let's <laughs> what see a big surprise big surprises all right we got some surprises in store here for you and uh so we're going to start things off with five years ago. And I would say the first for the first two, five years and ten years ago, you're not going to be surprised in the least bit because yeah. we've been doing Topic of the Shows. And we've already yeah. been talking about these movies, yeah. like summer movies and stuff. So yeah. uh, we'll go ahead and just run through them real quick here. Five years ago, June 2016, the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows came out. Mm -hmm. And then there was Me Before You. And that flop that was Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, uh, Love and Friendship, Warcraft, The Conjuring 2. Hey, look at mm. that. I love that movie. Uh, now You See Me Too, Finding Dory, which I believe was the winner of summer 2016 yeah. in terms of box office receipts. Yeah. Uh, 
the the rock and kevin hart added, added again with central intelligence uh the trash movie that was independence day resurgence Ooh, that was a <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> the Shallows, uh, Free State of Jones, which is that Matthew McConaughey movie, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, I don't know, I've never heard of this before, but it's called The Neon Demon. So I ain't never heard of that either. This, I mean, this, like it's funny because every time we do the like five years ago, it's so recent that it trips <laughs> me out that it went by this fast. Like I remember these movies coming out like yesterday, but uh, a lot of these movies on her are trash. Like in a new. Teenage Ninja Turtles out of the sh- uh, shadows. Warcraft, <laughs> Independence Day, like damn, yeah, man. like ooh, this Pop was bad. Star. I mean, thankfully, Finding Dirt, Finding Dory saved this, you know, this little list here. And then the Conjuring too, I enjoyed the hell out of that. In the Shallows, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's that horror movie that I, I think I liked. I'm not really sure. It was a, it was a horror movie. It was two horror movies that came out near the same time as that one, and I get them kind of mixed up. But uh, I believe it was a horror movie, but uh, I think I liked it based off of uh, what I... Uh, oh, no, never mind. That's that uh, shark... That movie was okay. That Dang, that was... Oh, my <laughs> God. I literally j- remember this, just seeing that. This like, reminds me of... Uh, what is that? The one where, like, the open water, right? Or is it like that or no? The, yeah, it's, ba- it's it's like the shark, the basic shark movie, yeah. but it was better than I thought. Like I thought it was gonna be like another The Meg or something like that, but it's actually a, a pretty solid movie. Mm. Man, but yeah, I, I thought I was I was blanking. I thought that was like this horror movie, but yeah, now that movie was solid. But yeah, man, uh, trash, trash, little first. Five yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it gets better. It gets better. It gets so. better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, June is kind of like in this weird in between where like. Uh, you know, it's like the middle of the summer, but it's also like the dead days of summer as far as like, yeah. uh, you know, May is always about kickstarting things off yeah. and July has got the bigger action movies. And I feel like June is like generally tends to see like, see like chick flicks and comedies and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. We'll go ahead and move on to 10 years ago, which puts us at June of 2011. X-Men First Class revitalized the X-Men franchise. Hey. Super 8 came out. J.J. Hey. Abrams doing his damn, damn thing. Hey. Oh, my God. I was working at the movie theaters, I think. Yeah. Yes, I was working at the movie. Th- no, wait, no, was well, that? Super know. Eight came out. And I think so. Yeah, it I might was. have been before, wasn't it? Oh no. I was still actually working. I was still technically employed. Uh, oh. Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. That's oh my god. Whatever. I never heard of that one. I, just... I remember that poster oh, because really? I was working at the movies at the oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, the name is at- atrocious. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, Midnight in Paris. Oh, oh my god, the trash. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Green Lantern. Oh man, that hurt me. Like <laughs> just thinking thinking of that movie just hurt my soul because I was so excited for that movie. And, I watched uh, it in theaters then not ironically. Yeah, I did too. I watched it in theaters day one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed. Uh Jim Carrey's uh Mr. Popper's Penguins, The Art of Getting By, Cars Two, uh the Cameron Diaz movie Bad Teacher. Uh I would say the biggest uh, money wise, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Mm. And then uh, Julia Roberts and Tom Hanks again, Larry Crown, and then a Selena Gomez movie called Monte Carlo. Man, X Men First Class, boy, that that movie right there is special, and uh, like it really did, you know, make people that thought X Men was done after that terrible third X Men movie. It reboot. It's almost like it's crazy because X Men First Class is a reboot without yeah. being a reboot. You know, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it was badass. That, I'm glad that was it made up for Green Lantern being in the same year. Yeah, all right, here. Let me show you this. Uh, I'll just because, like, say Judy uh, Moody. I'm gonna pull up the 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 poster of uh, this. Uh, see, this is how the poster looked like. Oh goodness. 
man, they got an old girl from Austin Powers and that. Oh like, yeah, How, did you recognize her? Yeah, <laughs> and then it, uh, the yeah. the writing looks like uh, Rugrats writing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, damn. What was her name? Heather Graham? No, is it Heather Graham? Uh, I forgot. Heather oh. Graham. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Heather yeah. Graham. Uh, what's it called? But anyways, uh, yeah, it was a pretty trash, uh, again, another pretty trash month, but again, I, t- I promise you it gets better, all right? As long as we got one on there to save us. Then, oh, yeah, there's going to be there's gonna be one to save us, all right? We're going to go ahead and move on to the 15-year mark. This brings us to uh, June of 2006. So uh, let's see if I can if I can not fuck it up or whatever, you know? Whatever. <sighs> all right, here we go. All right, June of 2006. Uh, has us uh, first opening with uh, the breakup, which is a Jennifer Aniston, uh, Vince Vaughn movie, mm-hmm. and uh, after that is uh, Peaceful Warrior, and then uh, The Omen, which was it opened on June sixth of two thousand and six because it's yeah. like six six yeah six 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 or whatever. Uh, then there was a Prairie Home Companion, which had a bunch of movie stars in there, like I think Meryl Streep might have been in it. Uh, I know maybe John C. Riley, uh, Nacho Libre, a Jack Black movie. Hey. Uh, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, <laughs> man. That that's back when I loved the Fast and Furious franchise. Justin Lin got his uh, his directing debut. I, man, not debut, but like, I would say his stardom. His, yeah, yeah, his like that's what put him on the map. At least, and, and, and and he went on to direct. I think two more Fast and Furious movies. Uh, yeah, Fast Five and Fast Six. I think he did four, five, and six. As four, well. five, and six. So yeah. he did four total. Damn. And then he's back for Fast Nine. Oh, he's doing he's doing Fast Nine. Yeah, dang, because it's crazy. Because he made if you think about it, four, five, and six, and Tokyo Drift are the best Fast and Furious uh, movies. So he really came and made that franchise a blockbuster franchise. You know what I'm saying? He took it from being like just the average movie. I mean, just average racing car movie to like being a blockbuster. You know, nine film franchise. So that's crazy how he pulled that off. Three. Four, five, six, and nine and ten. Oh, so he's doing ten as well. He's rumored right now. Oh no, wait, announced. It says announced. So, yeah, okay. not too bad. So he left. He left after. Uh, uh, he left for what is it? Seven six. and eight, seven and eight. Yeah, he left seven and eight. He left seven and eight. Okay, all right. Uh, he let's went to see. do Star Trek, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, and Aquaman. Uh, he did Aquaman, I believe. No, no, no. It was uh, uh the Conjuring director. Uh, was it? Oh shit! Uh, what's the other one? What's that Conjuring director name? Um, Juan James Juan did yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. God damn it! Why do I get them too confused? I don't know why. Whatever. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so we got the the t- Tokyo Drift. Then there was Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. Then there was a romantic movie. Uh, with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock called The Lake House, where they're like five years yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. Selling a, sending a letter to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Click, which was the Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler movie. I like Click, too. And then uh, Baby Boy Guy, Tyrese Gibson. Oh, what <laughs> Waist Deep. <laughs> Waist Deep, man. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. Like, Tyrese is funny as hell, and not even in his movies. Just his life is just funny as hell. <laughs> Uh, which I think Baby Boy might have been June, June of 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but uh, I'm yeah. just, I can't remember when I made the list. But yeah, Superman Returns and The Devil, was, the Devil Wears Prada. Wears Prada. I got a question for you, Louie. What up? I asked uh, my friend Tony this yesterday. What do you feel about Superman Returns? That movie was boring as hell. It was boring as yeah. hell, right? Yeah. Right. Like, now, answer this. Like, okay, because I agree with you. Like, I feel like the movie was boring. And uh, to me, it was a failure because it was boring. Yeah. But other than take out the fact that it was boring as shit, 
did you like anything about the movie? Or did was it a complete just everything dropped the ball? Didn't like anything the casting the anything. I mean, I like the casting and stuff like that. I, yeah. I'm not gonna. I like Brandon Routh. I liked. Uh, I like Kevin Spacey. And as aside, Lex, aside as, from his controversy, his fuckery, yeah, yeah. But like, as far as like the movie, it felt like they were trying to do like a character study, like an introspective, like mm. mental, like. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? A deconstruction. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really cool and all, but it's yeah. a summer blockbuster film. You right, opening it in right. June and stuff like that. You're, right. You, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So I mean, as far as like you know, I, I remember one of my. I remember like thinking it was boring, and I was like talking to one of my friends in high school, and he says like, "It's like, man, he lifted a whole continent. What do you want? You know, like you know what I mean? Like, man, hey, man, you didn't out. see that part where his son threw a piano at a dude, like." <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just had to ask that question. Yeah, I I ended up watching like the Devil Wears Prada like later on. Like the on Devil Wears Prada was a good movie. Anne Hathaway is. I think it's my first time seeing her as like an actor, like doing some real acting because I think she was like, she was, like doing the Princess, princess Bride, yeah, whatever, but like that was her princess really Diaries. showing what she could do. I mean, and then going, you know, making a movie with the goat Meryl Streep. Yeah. You know, you gotta have your acting chops to pull that off. So. I, I remember liking that movie, Devil's Wear Prada, for sure. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny is like we're gonna get into impressions later on, but I watched Cruella, and it feels like Cruella was taking a lot of pages out of uh, the Devil's Wear Devil Prada. Prada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of I guess it's a little influential even to this day, and uh, I, I will say that um, you know Emily Blunt, that movie cost Emily Blunt, uh, uh, well, Black Widow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, because she was when Emily Blunt signed on for the Devil's Prada. She signed a 20th Century Fox contract saying you will uh, come back for one more movie. Oh, and then, like, we'll yeah. tell you what the movie is later. Oh, damn. And then it was Gulliver Travels. Oh. That See, movie I, trash. I never signed something like that. Like, it's different if you sign a deal like that and it's Marvel. Yeah. Where you know, like, okay, I'm coming back as this character. Yeah. You know, woo woo But to just come back in any Fox movie. You yeah. Know, like, it's like, we got you. We, we, yeah, we, we got, got you. you. We got one you one more. Yeah. And then they say, oh, yeah, and it's directed by Troy. He doesn't know <laughs> nothing about films. But, hey, you already signed on. <laughs> Good luck. Like, come on, man. That's <laughs> That, that was a bad movie. Even if she, even if she did go on to have a great career uh, other than Black Widow, that was a bad move. I admit that. Yeah. So she was uh, contractually obligated to be in, in Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black, and then that's how she couldn't do Black Widow for Iron Man Two. Sheesh. Uh, and anyways, uh, yeah, uh, I actually liked Peaceful Warrior. That was actually pretty cool. I, I, it's like the movie was like with Nick Nolte and stuff like that. I was felt very woosa, and yeah. Uh, by the way, Nacho Libre, trash. 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 Straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the trailers were trash. Trash. Everything <laughs> about it, trash. Uh, all right. 20 years ago, that brings us to June of 2001. Rob Schneider leads the way with The Animal. The Animal. <laughs> uh, then there was a Martin Lawrence and Danny DeVito movie, What's the Worst That Could Happen? Oh, shit. And, I remember that. And then there was Moulin Rouge. And then there was Swordfish, which was uh, Hugh Jackman and John Travolta and Halle Berry. Yeah. Evolution, which is with David Duchovny and uh, Sean William Scott. Uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider with uh, Angelina Jolie. Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which is an animated Disney movie. The first ever The Fast and the Furious turns 20 years old. Damn, really? The Fuck. first. So yeah, in five years, they made three movies. The first one and then between those two was uh, yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. And there was Dr. Doolittle 2. Baby, Baby Boy. Baby Boy. There we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
And then there was oh, I remember the I remember watching professor. this bitch in the theater right here. Really, the Nutty Professor? No, 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 hell no, oh. no, no, no. I was about to say Eraser. Oh, Eraser. Oh, Eraser. I skipped that one. You okay. skipped that one. Yeah. All right, Eraser, which was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember like that movie. He was like, I was like, it was in the theaters, and I remember watching it where like he had to pull a parachute and he pulled it at the very last second oh, and shit. still he got landed on that car real one hard. That's funny. One of the things I always remember is when he just like looking at a bunch of pictures and or some shit and he's touching them. He's like, it's that one. Like he was like, <laughs> he just knew it just from touch. I'm like, man, they making them too badass, man. <laughs> then there was the scene where like he has a bunch of IDs and passports and he's burning them. He's like, you've oh, been yeah. erased. I'm yeah. Like, I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, then there was the Nutty Professor and finally, uh, yeah, the Demi Moore movie, Striptease. That po- that, I don't know if that poster was controversial or not. I don't know if you know this, but have you seen the poster? Uh, I have for, not. I for have Striptease? Not. All right, Striptease. Ah, poster. There we go. Let's see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just Demi Moore. They're right there, that one. That's the one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't see why it's... Uh... This is, I, I this is 1991, all right? We yeah, got to remember like that. that, that I, I, because, like, look, damn, you see magazines like that all the time. Like, <laughs> just because it's a movie poster. Okay, because, okay, problem. movie posters were like advertisements, right? And they would put them in the lobbies, and there's kids yeah, going kid, by. Uh, and, I, yeah. You know what I mean? If I was a kid, I'd be like, shit, I ain't tripping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, can, I guess I can understand. I can understand. You know, but, you know people were, or this is 1996. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, never mind. But, yeah, like, I remember, like, the 90s, man. So those yeah. people were, like. The internet's People took not, yeah. more, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I remember The Rock. I think The Rock is actually a pretty good action movie. It's a Michael Bay joint. Michael Bay. Yeah. That was before, like, Michael Bay started off a, a pretty all right, uh, good, like, director. Because, like, you think about the Bad Boys movies, yeah. The Rock, um, you know, some of those Pain earlier. and Kane. Oh, that's later on. But, that's yeah. later on. But yeah. some of his earlier movies, uh, he he was good. You know, but then I when think you give tra- him money. <laughs> yeah, but the Transformer movies <laughs> fucked him up. Actually, because he directed the first Transformer too, right? Yeah. So even it, going into the Transformers, he was still doing good. Because I like the first Transformers movie. Yeah, like yeah. the first Transformer movie was great to me. And uh, but it's like you know, no. Once you start giving him more money, he just start fucking shit up. Like, cause I think he was involved in the Ninja Turtle movies as well. He's producer. Yeah, he's producer. And at least, especially the second one was atrocious. So you know, it's kind of funny. I'm unpopular opinion, but I actually liked uh, Transformers too. <laughs> two, I mean, two, listen, like I, I would defend Transformers too, not as being a great movie or anything, but like as an enjoyable. You, yeah. you can't like if you the third, the third, the fourth, like those yeah. are terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. Some people try to put two in the category with those. Yeah. It's not like it's not. A, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it's not a bad movie either. It's like okay, whatever. You know, I don't think like at that point I was still invested in the Transformers franchise. Like you had one which was like I like. It, it was good F2 to me was a downgrade from the first one but I was still into it yeah. but then like from that point on it just went yeah. awful yeah all right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I think I actually watched The Cable Guy in theaters, by the way. Just uh, FYI. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the 30-year mark. And it says here, June of 1991, City, City Slickers. Uh, the Christina Applegate movie, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And then there was Jungle Fever, which I believe was Wesley Snipes. And there was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which was a Kevin Costner joint. The Rocketeer, Dying Young. And the last one, The Naked Gun 2 and a Half, The Smell of Fear. Yeah, I haven't seen none of these except for uh, Jungle Fever. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. that's the only one I've seen. I've seen the Naked Gun movies and stuff like that because they're hilarious. Leslie Nielsen is awesome. 
Uh, I've seen uh, Don't Tell Your uh, Mom the Babysitter's Dead because it was like it was on HBO like oh, yeah, know, yeah. back in the day. I grew up on HBO and like premium cable. Premium, and yeah. yeah. Um, what's it called? All right. Well, I guess nothing too much to say here. We'll go ahead and move on to the 35-year mark here. And uh, let's see. All right. 35 years ago, June of 1986, neither of us were born. But we have Raw Deal, Invaders from Mars, Space Camp. Get this. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dang, that's crazy. Thirty-five years Damn, old. Damn, that I, that don't even feel like that, like that, uh, like that old. But older that's than cla- us, man. That's, that's a classic. A classic. Yeah, it's still yeah. like watchable to this yeah, day. Yeah, to this day. That's why I think that's why I don't feel like it's that old. Like you know, because how rewatchable it is. You know, I think I watched it like for the first time when I was in high school. You know, it's still like yeah. relevant, like hella relevant. Hell yeah. Uh, there was Back to School, which was a Rodney Dangerfield movie where uh, he goes to school with his like his son, and that was hilarious. I, I watched that like when I was a kid. Uh, the Manhattan Project, and then there was a My Little Pony movie. <laughs> hey, I didn't know they had a My Little Pony movie. Yeah. What the hell? And then, oh, another classic, The Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a straight-up classic. Uh, Legal Eagles, Running Scared, Labyrinth, Ruthless People, and American Anthem. So really two... Two solid, moves, two yeah, solid yeah. like classics, yeah. like and Labyrinth was to- was dope too. Oh, you know that one? Yeah. Oh shit, I never heard of that. You never ever heard of it? Now, I'm sure you heard of it. Let's like Google it. that shit. You at least uh, seen or heard of Labyrinth. All know right, know all right. Let's see here. Who's like? Do you know what's what's about? Who's in, who's in it? It's a goddamn like alien type of movie. Oh shit. Okay. Uh. Oh wait. Whoa. I know this movie. Yeah. See. I okay. You. Yeah. This is uh. What's this guy's name? Uh. Fuck. I, I know this know guy's too. name. Like David Bowie. Is it? Yeah. I it's think David. So. Yeah. 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 Oh shit. That's a good one. Classics. Then Classic, shit. Yeah. Thirty-five years. June, uh, some, man, June is actually pretty good. Like as far as like older movies that you know, it's some summertime. You're gonna put out your best movies, and you're gonna see what's gonna come right next. So forty years ago, Indiana Jones. Yes. Ooh. Forty years ago, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. Ooh, that's a classic. Damn, that's forty years ago. Listen, the fact that we hear what in two thousand and one. 21 2021 2021 yeah we're here in 2021 and we're talking about a movie that came out four years ago and we're talking how it's a classic and we both are clearly aware of it that goes to show that movie is truly a legendary film and it just got remastered as a matter of fact last month I think a 4K Blu-ray re-release happened where like they have really? the four movies uh, on 4K like remastered and like damn. just there's a whole like uh, like like a whole trailer that was like you see all this in like these gorgeous visuals damn. and color corrected and I'm excited for the new Indiana Jones coming out. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So and then Clash of the Titans which I believe is a classic Mm-hmm. I would say because it's. I got, haven't seen it. Uh, then there was Superman Two, which Superman was the, the Gene Hackman and uh, a very uh, straight up classic. You what's know, it still arguably the best Superman movie ever made. Oh yeah, because it got Zod in it, right? Zod, yeah, 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 yeah. Superman Two. And uh, if you get the uh, the director's Reed. cut, the director's cut is even better. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And then there was an all-time classic comedy movie, The Cannonball Run. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. It's a. It's apparently it's one of the. I haven't seen it, but I've seen. I know about it. It's apparently a lot of like. It's kind of like uh, like rat race, you know, like they're on a car, they're going across the country. Oh yeah. Apparently yeah. they're doing something called the Cannonball Run, and it's like it's like a one of those uh, Rodney Dangerfield movies that he got his break his breakthrough. Oh yeah, that's fire. 
uh, Stripes, which was a uh, military comedy movie with, I think, Bill Murray. And For Your Eyes Only is a Bond movie with Roger Moore. Yeah, I've heard of For Your Eyes Only. I haven't seen it, though. And then there was The Great Muppet Caper, which is like, you know, Kermit the Frog. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, Kermit the Frog been, like, you know, in theater since, like, 40 years ago. Shit. Man. Um, but, yeah, no, I would say a Cannonball Run at Indiana Jones, man. They're, like, the best. And the I don't best, know, man. for your eyes only, I haven't, I'm not big on, like, the old Bond movies and stuff, but, you know, hey, there it is. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, the Bond movies are going to be going on Amazon Prime pretty soon, so there you go. Yeah, yep, for sure. 45 years ago, The Omen came out in June of 1976, and uh, we talked about The Omen uh, when, in of June of 2006, where it was like the, the remake, and yeah. so that was the original, original yeah, movie. The original. Damien, you know, he's like a little kid, he's like the son of the, yeah, son of the devil yeah. and shit, so that was awesome. I've seen that movie, and also that's the only one that came out in June. Like that's the only movie. With there the- were other movies, but I didn't I didn't put them on there because they were not anything. There I was knew. nobody. Yeah, yeah. They nothing. were like limited. I don't. I try to go for like wide release movies and yeah, not limited yeah, release. Not just unknown shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a little bit of filtering starting from like I would say like 1981 on. I was starting to filter. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Yes, 50 years ago. Damn. June of 1971. Damn, man. Hey, and this how you know that's a classic because look, that's 50 years ago. They about to do a new uh, Willy Wonka movie. It's like an uh, origin uh, story. Timothy Chalamet and uh, shit. Yeah, with Timothy Oliphant, I think. Chalamet. Oh, that's his name? Tim- Oliphant is the other another guy. Who's oh, really? Man. Oh, shit. I get him mixed up. But <laughs> they got a, they perfectly cast him. Like, he looks just like him and he's a great actor. But, uh, yeah, like, that goes to show you that that's a classic because that's 50 years ago. You know what I mean? That's almost double my age, and they're still doing reboots and <laughs> shit to it. So I can't believe it's been, I can't believe it's been like, like that long. Like, I didn't even know it was like we're going to be hitting the 50 year mark and man, stuff like sheesh, that. Sheesh, me either, man. That shit's crazy. But I, and it's funny because I like Willy Wonka in the Charlie Factory movies. I even like the one with Johnny Depp. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I even like that one. So, like, I've always it's, been a fan. It's kind of funny how, like, the Willy Wonka, like, specifically this version, this 1971 version, it's got all the memes. Like, yeah. all, like you know, like, the guy, he's, like, doing the thing. is like, tell yeah. me about this or whatever. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, be, I even heard, like, even, like, as early as, like, this year, there was, like, interviews about how, like, he was, uh, they, they, uh, they finally, like, revealed, like, during one of the scenes, it was, like, they didn't even tell the kids what was going on, and they were freaking out, like, when oh, you see shit. them freaking out, they were actually freaking out, and oh, they really? weren't, uh, they weren't, like, in on what was <laughs> happening. They weren't acting. Yeah, yeah, they weren't acting and stuff like that. I was oh, like, what the shit. hell? That's really smart to get was, a good performance out there. It was, uh, it was, like, the scene where, like, there's a bunch of lights, like, they're on an acid trip, they're, like, in this car. Yeah. And, like, you, and then, like, the camera's zooming in on his eyes and stuff, and you can see him, like, thinking, like, some crazy <laughs> shit, and I'm like, holy fuck, you know? <laughs> That movie is dark as hell. It like, is dark. Yeah. Always... I think that's why I've always. I think that's why I always liked them because they they go. You know, it, it make on the surface it seems like oh it's yeah, this kid yeah, movie, yeah. but really it's really dark when you pay attention to them. So yeah, I, I always loved the uh, Willy Wonka, the classic one. And then there was even like a film theory saying that Charlie was uh, was selected by Willy Wonka, and they 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 made it so he get it. They oh, actually yeah, yeah, there's like yeah, a, like where yeah. he like forced it happen. I mean, and it makes sense, too. That's what's so dope about that theory. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's... Um, wow. This that's was it. a good one. This was a good one. I, I got to say, yeah, this one was a solid one. Let's say, you know, it's, normally it's the inverse. Normally, it starts strong and ends weak. In weak, but this it's one actually got bigger, better as it went. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and move on. Actually, there is no uh, sound effect. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> There's no sound effect for impressions yet. I grabbed my I, headphones. I did too. <laughs> There's like 21 episodes in. We, and should I never get, actually... we should get one, though, for impressions, though, to be honest. To tell like, you the truth, I can't think of what would it would sound like. I know. Yeah, that would be tough. I know. That's why I haven't been able to do it. I don't know what the sound like. But when impressions, I only watch one goddamn thing. And here's the thing. <laughs> I wanted to watch A Quiet Place Part 2, and I wanted to have impressions, but I'm actually going to watch it tomorrow, which is, like, mm-hmm. the day this episode po- the posts. Yeah. Uh, because I've been... This this weekend was a bitch. Man, like I was, who I was, you telling, man? Who I was telling? busy, and I barely got to squeeze in uh, Cruella. So I watched Cruella because it was... I got it on Disney Plus, Premiere Access, and I could watch it within the comfort of my own home and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Troy's impressed by my TV because he saw it for the first time. Yeah, and everything. it's nice. It's real nice, y'all. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so uh, I ended up watching Cruella, and... And um, yeah, the the movie. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Emma Stone did the damn thing. She's she can like act. always, like always. She's an Academy Award winning, winning actress. actress yeah. yeah, yeah. So she can act. She gave a really good performance. It was a very well done, well executed from like costume design, cinematography, editing, mm. like acting, uh, a soundtrack, score. Like you can you. You can think of all of these good features about what makes something good as far as like owning your craft. Yeah. But the story, oh my God. Oh, it was weak. It was I, okay. Weak. The story was actually good, actually. The thing is, okay, the story was very well done. It was very good, like, you know, villainy shit and everything like that. And there was good, like, explanations about what happened in 101 Dalmatians and how things yeah. could get to it. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, little nods, like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen later, you know, that yeah. kind of shit. And how yeah. she gets her name, her, yeah. her persona. Persona. Okay. All that's all that's great and everything like that. But one thing I don't like, the character. Like, at no point was I actually rooting for Cruella. Like mm. she like she started off the movie like not like bad. Well, yeah, I would say yeah, bad. She yeah. started off the movie in the wrong foot. Like I I was in no way was I cheering for her or rooting for her. I felt sorry for her, but like she did in a way in a way, even when they retconned it later on in the movie, but she basically messed her her own life up. Mm, she yeah. it, it was practically her fault. Yeah, they, it made it like where it's like, well, you dumb. Like, yeah, yeah, you're dumb. You're yeah, stupid. Yeah. Yes, like what the hell? Yeah. Like I I genuinely did not like have any sympathy for her and her plight and stuff like that. Dang. And and I I, I just didn't like her character like at mm. all. And um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that. Like, the movie was good, and there was, the like, halfway into the movie, the movie actually got enjoyable because they started going into, like, this Ocean's Eleven kind of, of kind yeah. of uh, thing. Because, like, it's a little bit of Devil Wears Prada, and then it's, like, Ocean's Eleven, there's a heist thing going on. I actually yeah. liked a lot of their cooler, like, effects, what they were doing with some Hunger Games-esque technology with their dress, where she, like, lights it on fire, and it was... Oh, that's badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, you saw it, if you see it in the trailer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of cool things that they did, but, mm. like, overall, it's... Um, I don't know how to put this. It's 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 really weird because you don't want to get behind a character, but like from a constructed story standpoint, it is solid. Like there's a there's a lot going on. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm a little bit mixed. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say this because like I watch these movies when like a movie night with like a bunch of people and we all have we all like like juice each other up kind of like yeah, we amp yeah. each other up right, with the, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's usually what happens when you're in a group setting kind of thing. Yeah. So from from my perspective, the thirty dollars was well worth it for me. Mm-hmm. But if I were to say watch this movie by myself, I'm gonna play thirty dollars so I can sit at home and watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would like it as much. It's not worth it that way. Yeah. 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 I think pretty much any movie you're if you're gonna group setting, you're gonna juice each other up anyways and be yeah. like yeah oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like, you know? <laughs> So, 
Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What do you think on uh, on this whole situation? Just well, like well, I know, I know you haven't seen the, the yeah, trailers or whatever. But. I mean, I mean, I, I like you said, I, I probably have to see it before I could, you know, give any kind of um, examination on it. But uh, I, what you're saying makes sense, and uh, also like what you're saying, I've heard someone else say in, in different words, of course. So. You know, I definitely got to see it, you know, just like you. I was busy as hell. I was moving this weekend, so I didn't get to see anything. I wanted to see A Quiet Place very bad, <laughs> but I'm going to see that, and I'm definitely going to have impressions for it next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we will definitely have impressions. I didn't even watch Star Wars The Bad Batch. That's how busy I was. Me this either. Week. I didn't watch Bad Batch. <laughs> and literally, I had a friend tell me, like, on Friday, hey, man, you watch Bad Batch? No, nah, I haven't yet, man. I'm going to watch it. Then it's Saturday. Bro, you watch Bad Batch yet? Not yet, man. I haven't watched it. Oh, Sunday, so basically it's good then. S- Sunday. Oh. Hey, man, you watch Bad Batch? <laughs> haven't watched it, man. It's Monday. I still haven't watched it. I still so watched I, it, I might yeah. have to uh, definitely watch Bad Batch. So sure. we'll have impressions for two episodes of The Bad Batch. And apparently, yeah. just based off of that, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's good. Uh, what's it called? Remember how we kept saying, it's, like, it's good, it's bad, it's good, good, it's bad. bad. Hopefully, this we week, go. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. good. Yeah. yeah, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's impressions. I guess we uh, kind of a little lackluster, but yeah, uh, we'll uh, definitely talk about a quality place part two because I will be watching it tomorrow, and we'll have it uh, uh, talked about next, next week. week. All right. In the meantime, well, let's go ahead and move on. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. All right. So for the news. We are at a very slow-ass news week. There's only three news stories, which is the lowest I've ever done. Normally, I like to hit four minimum, yeah. uh, so four to six. And the thing is, I don't force you know a top news unless it's like worth like talking about. But there's actually plenty of extra news, so we'll we'll probably linger on here for a bit. Uh, there is the first big story is regarding uh, Sony Chief. He gave an interview to Variety talking about Spider-Man's plans uh, after Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, so I have two articles here, but I'm, I'll try to stick with just one because uh, there's uh, how do I put this? There's the this uh, article is coming from Screen Rant, and they're reporting on Variety, and I like their version better because they summarized it, whereas Variety is just so much going on. There's so much information, so I didn't want to like hit to be too much. So uh, from Screen Rant, it says Sony shared Marvel Universe plan will kick off with Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Sony executive uh, Sanford. Uh, Panich has hinted that Sony's shared Marvel Universe plan will kick off with Spider-Man No Way Home. For years, Sony's film rights to Marvel's Spider-Man have been a convoluted web of tension and confusion. Also, no pun on web. (laughs) However, by far, the most interesting part of the Spider-Man rights saga was when Sony and Marvel collaborated to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. The deal brought viewers a slew of films set in the MCU, with Tom Holland taking on the Spider-Man role for six films. They shared ownership raised an interesting idea that MCU's Holland can technically appear in Sony's Marvel films. Meanwhile, Sony has continued uh, has also continued growing and expanding their own Marvel universe. Venom was released in 2018, and its sequel is premiering in 2021. Craven the Hunter will debut in 2023, and suspiciously will star the former MCU Quicksilver Aaron Taylor Johnson. And that's one of the extra news is that Aaron Taylor Johnson was cast. Um, uh, 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 Taylor Johnson's casting is likely a coincidence, but it's interesting that MCU and Sony, uh, it's an interesting MCU and Sony connection. Meanwhile, Sony Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has already craft, 
already craftedly introduced the idea of intertwining worlds. Despite connections, teases, and open possibilities, fans have long waited for a clear answer on if and when the MCU and Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters will eventually, will actually cross. As reported by Variety, Sony executive uh, Panich has suggested that Spider-Man 3 will kick off a shared Marvel universe. While addressing the ongoing tensions and barriers that inhibit MCU's Spider-Man from appearing in Sony's Marvel films, Panich revealed that they uh, they do have a plan, which he believes fans are starting to catch on to. Sparing the details, he indicated that the tensions will be resolved and things will be a lot clearer when Spider-Man 3, aka Spider-Man No Way Home, releases. Uh, so check out this statement from Variety. It says here, there is there actually is a plan. I think maybe it's getting a little bit more clear for people where we're headed and I think No Way Home comes out. I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. The great thing is that we have a very excellent relationship with Kevin Feige. There's an incredible sandbox there to play with. We want those uh, MCU movies to be absolutely huge because that's great for us and our Marvel characters. And I think that's the same thing on their side. But we have a great relationship. There's lots of opportunities. I think they are going to happen. So Troy, you see this uh, this this uh, statement from uh, from uh, the Sony executive, mm-hmm. and are you thinking? What are your thoughts <clears throat> on this? Do you think that uh, Tom Holland will end his contract, which is going to end with Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. and he's going to go to Sony Films, mm-hmm. or are they going to? What do you think they're going to do? Well, I mean, I really think it depends on uh, Tom Holland's decision. You know, if Tom Holland resigns. You know, with Sony, they're going to try to do Spider-Man with Tom Holland and just act like it's another universe in terms of continuity. I don't think Sony's doing another deal with Marvel. I think they kind of did their last little deal when they just previously did another deal that's for like one or two films or something I like that. I think it's one, I think. One right? film, yeah. So I think, you know, what I think Sony's plans are to, you know, uh, mix them films that that they have coming out with like the vampire film with jared leto yeah morbius morbius um you know you got venom uh, the carnage stuff going on and then uh they just cast craven uh, the hunter craven the hunter so you I, think tom holland is gonna go meet them meet and hang, them. Out, hang out with them only. right i think it's gonna they're tr- gonna try to transfer him to that universe and uh and it, i mean even if you watch uh like the Morbius trailer, you see like Spider-Man in the background, in the yeah. background or whatever. And so I think they're going to try to do something like that, like that. And I think that's going to also play into what the new Spider-Man movie is about kind of in terms of like it being alternate universes and stuff out they rumored for Jamie Foxx and Andrew Garfield to show up. I think that it's all like a big plan, but I think, like I said, it all comes down to Tom Holland you know, if he doesn't re-sign with them, then they're going to have to recast Superman. I mean, Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man again. You know, if he does re-sign with them, it depends on how he feels about Sony kind of running the show, you know, over <laughs> Marvel running the show. I, like, if it was me, I could have more faith that Marvel is going to do the characters justice and know what the hell they're doing. But Sony, to me, they're, you know, a lot of people give DC a lot of shit, but to me, Sony's the worst at making superhero films, in my opinion. So... Hopefully, we'll see. You know, I'm interested in a lot of stuff they got going on, and we'll see how this works out. But I think that's kind of what they, you know, what he's hinting at. You know, I think with uh, when it comes to, like, Tom Holland, I think he actually, he seems to, like, actually like having... He seems to be having fun playing Spider-Man. I think he right. wants to continue playing Spider-Man. You know, not just for like the the fame and the celebrity and stuff like that, not yeah. just the money, but just he likes to, he wants to be Spider-Man. I think. Yeah. And I think uh, a part of me was almost kind of feel like like I don't know if I'm like sort of uh, you know bringing my own thoughts to it, but I feel like I would want to go and be like the next Hugh Jackman as far as like playing one character for, for a like a whole long time, long time and yeah. stuff like that for decades. Yeah. 
Um, plus, I think he got him and Patrick Stewart got the Guinness Book of World Records for like the longest playing of a role in a movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so like, I would want to be on that same like echelon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's likely to sign. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, I am not sure. Like, I kind of want, I kind of want the, to have my cake and eat it too in this particular situation. I think obviously the Sony's executives, they're more, they have more. Uh, power as far as like denying uh disney Mm. so they're probably going to want to bring him in and like maybe do like some kind of post-credit sequence in like no way home where he gets you know sucked into the spider-verse or something like that Mm -hmm. so that way he can appear in there up here yeah uh and then he can just you know go back see one of the things that i'm i'm curious about what they're gonna do is because in the real world like our world because of contracts and stuff like that you can't mention you know if you're like if the deal is over you know, with Sony and Marvel, he can't mention <laughs> Iron Man and Tony Stark <laughs> and the Avengers and yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, and and vice versa. You know, Marvel can't mention Tom Holland Spider Man. You know, yeah. and things like that. So, I wonder how they're gonna write that. You know, write that out of it. You know, are they gonna make them like have a memory lost? Uh, yeah. They're gonna make like I don't know that. That's what I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. And uh, that's why, you know, I just really wish, you know, Marvel and Sony could have just worked it out where he could have just been in the in the films for another 10 films or something yeah. like that. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I just hope whatever they do, it end up being good. Yeah, six films, three with Disney, three with Sony. So, yeah. the Spider-Man trilogy, and then Captain America Civil War, Infinity Avengers. War, Endgame. Boom, okay. that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's six. That that's sucks. That's only six. I mean, at least they got... He's got one more. He got one, one more. So the, the one, one more with Disney. That's it. Yeah. So like the the Spider Man movie that's coming out is going to be sixth. It's going to be the sixth. Yeah. That was the original contract. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, we still going to be able to see Marvel people pop up in this next Spider Man yeah. movie, which is why Doctor Strange is in it. You know, oh yeah, so. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I like how in the first movie was Iron Man, the second movie was Nick Fury, and the third one is and like, it's dope it's because Strange. like if anybody that knows anything about Spider Man, those are the characters that would be that they actually have been. In, in uh like the spider-man animated series yeah. and like comics those are like the spider-man like people that spider-man has teamed up with multiple in the, times yeah. in the lore so it's cool how they went with the the specific right people you know yeah. they didn't just have randoms like ant-man or something <laughs> even though I, I actually would be cool with anyone popping up with spider-man but i think they pick the right choices you know the only one they, they didn't do as far as comics and, and animated series goes is like wish they did is they never teamed him up with daredevil even yeah though Disney yeah owns yeah the and 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 but and, and i hate that too and it, but and the thing is they never did daredevil at all in the movies yeah. like other than like the, the netflix the thing. netflix show which they kind of i don't know under playing if they were canon or not yeah like, no they were playing fast and well now they're no longer i don't yeah, think no longer but at the canon. time when they were released it's like oh yeah it's canon it's canon yeah. and that was always bullshit to me because i'm like so they never had no crossovers <laughs> like None of them was never in the movies or none of them mentioned or, 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 or mentioned or yeah. nothing. No, they wasn't canon. I think that was for like publicity for the show. Like, look, Marvel fans, come watch this shit. It's you know, we'll do it. But now they're like, since they got new shows, they're like, yeah, nah, that shit wasn't canon. <laughs> I love Daredevil, by the way. Great show. Yeah. All right, we'll go ahead and move on to the second story here, and it's regarding the the face masks and stuff like that. So it says here that AMC, Regal, and Cinemark are all lifting the mask mandate for vaccinated guests. All three theater chains will still require or strongly recommend mask mask consistent with the CDC guidelines. So it says here, if you have been vaccinated, you're no longer required to wear a mask at a major movie theater. The country's 
uh, largest chains include AMC, Regal, and Cinemark, have all recently updated their mask policies on their websites, removing the mandate for those who have been vaccinated. If you haven't been vaccinated, vaccinated, masks are still strongly recommended, with AMC specifically asking those who haven't been vaccinated to continue wearing masks in accordance with the CDC guidelines, with, options, with the option to purchase a mask for $1, and the masks are still required if mandated by a state or local ordinance. Quote, consistent with the latest CDC guidance and following uh, consultation with public health experts, AMC theater guests who, have, who are fully vaccinated are no longer required to wear a face mask covering at AMC locations unless it is mandated by state or local ordinance, AMC said in a statement to The Wrap. Guests who are not fully vaccinated are asked to continue wearing masks. All other ma aspects of the AMC's safe and clean policies and procedures, including seat blocking, remain in place at this time. Uh, Regal and Cinemark did not immediately respond to a request for comment. However, AMC is far from alone in the change in mask policy, and both Regal and Cinemark reflect similar policies on their websites. It says, quote, face masks are optional for fully vaccinated guests. Masks are strong strongly encouraged for all other guests in accordance with the CDC guidelines. Masks may be removed when eating and drinking inside the auditorium, except where recorded, required by local mandates, the Cinemark's website rate reads. And there's a similar statement on the Regal's website as well. And so AMC last June was criticized when CEO Adam Aaron did not immediately require masks, saying that they did not want to be drawn into a political controversy before ultimately reversing the decision and requiring them at all AMC theaters upon their reopening. So yeah, um, what are you? Okay, so uh, Troy, do you feel like with this uh, with this mask mandate lifting for vaccinated guests, do you feel like there's uh, more of a feeling that? COVID might be over in a certain sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, when I had went to see, uh, what is the last movie I went to see? Oh, yeah, the Chris Rock Spiral yeah. movie. You know, when I went to go see it, I was actually surprised how much it felt like a regular day at AMC, like before the whole pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, one of the things where they really did still have uh, safety procedures up and stuff like that. And what I'm hearing, to me, it makes sense. I mean, like, they're, to me, what they're doing is they're still being safe and they're still put, making sure safety procedures, but they're also aware and understanding that the world is slightly shifting back to normal. So I think what they're doing is they're playing both sides. Look, if you've been vaccinated, it's a lot of places where you don't got to wear your mask no more, you yeah. know? And uh, if you've been vaccinated, there's no point, you know, of being uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable wearing your mask. They want their fans to feel comfortable, but at the same time, they still want them to be safe. So it's like if you haven't been vaccinated, you know, keep with the safety procedures as usual, you know, and uh, so, you know, AMC is still doing things to to keep people safe yeah. and they're, you know, still with the seating, you know, having people sit like, you know, like they block it off when you buy a ticket, it like blocks all the seats around you. Right, it blocks it off. So you're not right next to somebody. So, yeah. you know, to me, I don't have no problem at all with, you know, what I'm hearing from this article. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, I like how like they're like, okay, we'll accept if the local city demands it, then we'll we'll follow it. And stuff right, like that. and that's another that, thing I like. Yeah. You know, I like how they're not like trying to start a war. It's like, yeah. okay, if y'all demand it, fine. But yeah. this is kind of our policy and how we're gonna go by it. Yeah, um, and also I think like with when it comes to like vaccinated people, they're saying that you know. The, whenever I first got my vaccine, it said on like the little paper that it said like you know you can you we still re uh, recommend that you still wear a mask and all that <clears> stuff because 
um, you know, at the time they weren't, they were saying that it, it'll help you not get sick, but it didn't, they didn't know the vaccine, the vaccine is not specifically tested to, uh, to mitigate spreading it. So that's right, why they right. wanted you, but now I'm guessing like there's more literature now, more studies, and now they're more, uh, likely to like lift that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my only issue is, is like, I have a feeling that, um, there's like a lot of everyone, when, when the masks thing started happening around the country, there was like a lot of Karens mm-hmm. talking about like, Oh, don't make me wear a mask uh-huh, and all that shit like yeah, that. Ridiculous uh, yeah. people, by the way. So my, my interpretation on this is like, is the worst case scenario is that nobody's going to wear a mask. Is mm-hmm. the vaccinated or not? They're just going to like lie. Like, oh yeah, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, because it's not like you're walking around with like a sticker saying, Hey, I've been vaccinated. It's yeah. like, you know, people would just say, well, you just assume I'm vaccinated. Yeah. That's a good point. My vaccine card is right behind you troy and uh and it's too big to fit in my wallet <laughs> it's too right big to fit in my wallet. right no, a lot of people aren't gonna walk around with yeah. that yeah yeah i need i think i need to copy that hoe because i want to laminate i think you can make a i think cvs is doing the thing where they can laminate you can get a copy made and laminate it so oh, that way you dope. can carry it around but yeah i haven't even done that uh so but anyways yeah that's my 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 whole thing is it's gonna go to the worst case scenario is like everyone's gonna be like fuck that it's over covid's over you know whether it is or isn't um so yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh I still go to Walmart and I still wear my mask even though I still I see more people at Walmart not wearing their mask anyway. So but anyways, yeah, that's uh it is what it is. I'm not really uh going to trip too much of us especially cuz I'm vaccinated. So uh, next up, we're going to go ahead and move on to the box office, which we don't really cover box office stories because, you know, the box office hasn't been alive, but it's coming back to life, Troy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing more of these stories pretty much uh, going forward, I would assume. Uh, but we have our really first big kickoff to summer, like in true fashion now, uh, here on Memorial Day weekend. And it says here that uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, the box office uh, is uh, roaring. A Quiet Place Part 2 scores a pandemic era best. $57 million opening weekend. Man, that's and, solid. Uh, yeah, following Memorial Day offering Cruella, which is also available at home for D- via, via Disney Plus Premier Access, it's also uh, looking at a more subdued domestic debut at, six, at $26 million. Now, these uh, these mil- these uh, headlines here are going to be your estimates. Um, the, the actual numbers are not finalized. They can still change. It can be a little bit more, a little bit less. Also, uh, these are four-day grosses, not three-day grosses. Mm. So... Uh, the North American box office is uh, making major noise at the mem- as the Memorial Day weekend unfolds. John Krasinski's A Quiet Place Part Two grossed nineteen million dollars on Friday, fourteen million on Saturday from three thousand seven hundred fifty-two theaters for a projected four-day weekend of fifty-seven million dollars, with a three-day gross of forty-seven point four million. Which uh, you know those numbers could still shift by Tuesday, and uh, the it says here all the biggest domestic numbers in the uh, in the pandemic era, and uh, more significantly, are almost on par with the first Quiet Place, which posted a three-day weekend of 50 million uh, back in 2018. The sequel's loud performance is a victory for Paramount and the theatrical experience, and proves that the box office is writing itself after 15 months of being ravaged by the COVID-19 crisis. A, qu- a Quiet Place Part Two has the advantage of getting an exclusive theatrical release before hitting uh, the streaming service Paramount Plus in 45 days. As part of the marketing campaign, Krasinski completed a six-city tour surprising audiences in order to promote the big screen experience. 
This is a huge win for uh, for theatrical, says Paramount Distribution President Chris uh, Aronson. The theatrical business has been changed numerous times throughout history, but never to the point where theaters were shut down for months and months. Um, adds Comscore analyst uh, Paul uh, no, Deragara Badian. It's quite astounding that A Quiet Place Part 2 could generate this kind of box office that would be considered impressive in the pre-pandemic era and rank this performance in top echelon of horror movie debuts. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip around here. And I'm going to say here, fellow, fellow Memorial Day offering Cruella is doing solid box office at the domestic box office for a title that is also available in the home. Uh, Cruella is playing in 3,982 theaters, which is actually more than A Quiet Place, interestingly. Uh, it's projecting a four-day opening of $26 million, which includes 21 for the three-day weekend. Uh, the family-friendly origin pick stars Emma Stone as the infamous Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. This is a great result for Cruella. It's not about the just... It's not just about the opening weekend for our family films. We knew that we'd always be number two. We're in a great, great shape for a long run, says theatrical distribution chief Tony Chambers. That's a, that's cap right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say like that. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, just saving faces. Like, oh, yeah, everything's good here. We're going to play along. We're going to be in the long haul. Yeah, run. you don't know shit. <laughs> $20 million? I mean, you know, if, uh, if, if we were still in COVID and, we, and that would be impressive for like tenant numbers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're like slowly, you know, especially with uh, Godzilla versus Kong and now this, I feel like yeah. we're in this part where like, you know, we're going to start seeing these $50 million, maybe even $100 million by the end of the end of the year. Maybe yeah. we'll have a $100 million opener. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Troy, you see these, uh, these numbers and stuff like that. We've been talking about the box office as late. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Um, man, this is impressive, and uh, like, and this is what I, of course, this is what I love to see, and it it goes that to you know I I released a couple videos on this, so it you know it's on video, so I'm not just making this up, but I always said that the theaters experience isn't going nowhere. A lot of people all, before the pandemic was kind of writing that theaters was going to be non-existent then after the pandemic people considered it done yeah and to see numbers like this even this is to me even more impressive than godzilla because godzilla <laughs> is like godzilla versus kong is like a big blockbuster monster cgi movie of yeah. course a movie like that you expect to make money but this a sequel to original film that's just a horror movie um, you know, and to me, it didn't really have the biggest buzz either. Like the buzz, I mean, picked up once it was right about to release, but I didn't hear no one talking about a quiet place two months ago in terms of like being excited to see a yeah. quiet place part two, you know? So the fact that it did these type of numbers, it still considered in the pandemic is pretty damn impressive. So, oh my God, look see. at this. Godzilla versus Kong's budget is reportedly around, uh, let's see, it says here $180 million. Yeah. And A Quiet Place Part 2's 17. budget is $17 million. They've already pretty much, you know, at least yeah. doubled, you know, what they, you know, they, they like, you know, A Quiet Place 2 is going to be a huge hit. They, I yeah. mean, in terms of the money they're going to make, because if they did these kind of numbers on the first weekend it was out, this is they're jumping up and down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> really, because and, and and the reason why is because you just don't know. Like a lot of people just don't know how scary the pandemic was for people that had already put millions of dollars up oh, to yeah, make a movie, yeah. and then the pandemic hit. And it's like, oh shit! Like that's like you betting on something, and then you might not possibly get your money back, or you like you paid, you put put your money in or something, and you might not be able to get your investment back or something, you know. And so for them, for this to happen, and they end up going on to 
you know, make $51 million, you know, they're, they're like, whew, they like finally like I can breathe again, you know, like they were <laughs> holding their breath. So I'm excited because to me, this, this is more proof that movies aren't going anywhere in my opinion. So I'm not, I'm no longer kind of worried that the theatrical experience is going to go away and everybody's going to be watching movies from their home in two years. I don't believe that's the case. Yeah. I think Godzilla versus Kong didn't open on a Friday specifically. It might've opened on a Wednesday or something or Tuesday. I don't remember what day it was, but basically the first weekend was April 2nd weekend. And it was said it grossed between that opening and its first weekend. It made $48 million on its opening weekend. And then a quiet place part two made 48.3 million uh, so it's just uh, just basically outperforming it. Not to mention mm. the four day weekend was like yeah. fifty million. Yeah. So basically, it's going up, which is good. We want to see it trending up. And it's crazy that like a movie with like that's legendary pictures, a big budget, like big yeah. marketing push, yeah. and like now uh, uh, Godzilla versus Kong is, is 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 slowing down to a crawl, and it's at ninety seven million so far and counting. Uh, maybe it'll eke into the hundred million range, but it's kind of crazy that it's gonna look like maybe a Quiet Place Part Two might just surpass it from the looks of it. Yeah, you know. Do you it, think uh, you think it'll surpass it or just match it? Do I don't think? think it's gonna surpass it. I think. Oh what? No, oh, Quiet Place Part Two. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna surpass it. I think it's gonna because movies like this usually have a big boom because everybody excited to see it, and it's gonna slow and down. And then it's gonna slowly slow down. Now I do think it's still gonna be very successful. I think it's gonna probably almost match it. But I think it's gonna slow down right before it hit it, almost like yeah. And then you know we'll see if I'm so. Godzilla wrong. versus Kong is an overdue. That, out, that's, what, that's what uh, I'm. That's what I'm thinking. But I mean, hey, I could be wrong. So we gonna. I guess we'll see over time. I yeah. think it's gonna slow down, even though the numbers are reflecting a better, more successful movie. I think it's gonna start to slow down a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll keep an eye on this stuff. We're gonna. We we'll be keeping an eye on the box office. I'll probably make a segment for the show. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to the extra news. Uh, number one, Miles Teller replaces Army Hammer and Godfather Making of series. Number two, Marvel officially announced that Os- Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight. Number three, Okoye is returning for Black Panther 2 and the Wakanda series. Number four, this is a rumor, okay? Joker 2 script is reportedly being written by Todd Phillips, who was the director of the first movie. Um Shazam, number five, Shazam 2 is officially uh, beginning filming. Number six, Aaron Taylor Johnson has been cast as Craven the Hunter. Number seven, and this was something that we talked about on last week's show, but now it's finalized because last week we said, oh, it's going to come out later. It's going to, you know. MGM Studios is officially re- acquired uh, by Amazon for $8.45 billion. At the time we were talking about, it was like rumored at $9 billion. Number eight, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch will debut at the Cannes Film Festival this summer and will be released on October 22nd to the public. Number nine, Warner Media chief Jason Killar says he's staying at the company into 2022. Of course, he's going to say that. And number ten, we've been call- we've been talking about the Golden Globes and we thought we were I would told you guys we we're going to be giving you updates. Here's the latest update from the Golden Globes: the Hollywood Foreign Press Association hires diversity, ethics, and legal consultants to help meet their reform goals. So yeah, Troy, you see <laughs> these you see these headlines. What do you want to talk about? Well, you know, uh, one of the things I'm super excited about is the go- the making of The Godfather. You know, if anybody knows anything about, you know, the history of how that movie kind of got made or whatever, like, this would be probably your most interesting film series, I mean, uh, series 
ever. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And I like that Miles Taylor is cast um, as the uh, uh, over Army Hammer, replace Army <laughs> Hammer, because I like, I personally like Miles Taylor better than Army well, Hammer. Army Hammer's got this controversies and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, so of course they're going to do that regardless. I mean, they was going to do that regardless, but I think, you know, he's a better actor. So uh, it says here that it's going to be debuting straight to Paramount Plus and it's going to be a 10 episode series. So there you go. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and move and, on. And uh, yeah, and uh, also um, Oscar Isaac getting cast as Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac is a great actor. I like what he did in uh, in the uh, Star Wars films, and uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. That's that's gonna be solid news. I mean, that's that is solid news, and I can't wait to see what Marvel's uh, approach to that character will be. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that as well. And look at his Twitter. He, he They announced it on Twitter, and there's Oscar Isaac. And that's on. cool, because it looks like he's excited about the <laughs> role. It's not like he just taking it for cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, I want to talk about the fact that uh, the Shazam 2, I want to say, didn't Shazam 1 come out after Aquaman? I want to say uh, no. See yeah, it. I believe it did. Which is kind of fucked up. It's like Aquaman 1 made a billion dollars at the box office. Aquaman 2 came out and was a middling success. And it starts filming its sequel before Aquaman. Before Aquaman. But, I mean, that necessarily isn't always a bad thing. Because one of the things I think a lot of studios do is they be in such a rush. Like, oh, this was successful. Let's hurry up get the other one out. And, like, <laughs> that's why, if you notice, a lot of sequels aren't as good as the original version. Because... You know, uh, a lot of these studios, execs look at it as such a business yeah. that, you know, once something is successful, they just want to rush it out yeah. for the next b group of money. So if you think about Aquaman and all the CGI that comes with oh, it, yeah. and maybe it's a longer process maybe to get it made. So to me, this isn't, isn't necessarily bad news because it, it might just have taken longer than whatever they have. For pre-production. Right. Stuff. And like Shazam was more kind of like smaller, smaller yeah. contained comedy movie over like this big spectacle. So that that might be why. Yeah. By the way, I was right. Aquaman did come out first in December of 2018, and then Shazam yeah. came out in April of 2019. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of funny how like they're like we we talked about on like last week's show that uh, the Aquaman is going to start filming in July or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so it's kind of I just kind of wanted to throw shade and say like you know Shazam is actually beating yeah. Aquaman to the punch. And actually, you know, and, but I also want to talk about Aaron Taylor Johnson being cast as uh, Craven the Hunter. I love that casting because to me, Aaron Taylor uh, Johnson is a fantastic actor. Like, I like him in just about everything. He was kind of born in Godzilla, yes, but I liked him in Qu as Quicksilver. I liked him in Tenet. And he got I liked swole. him in Kick-Ass. He got swole for Kick-Ass too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. He got pretty swole. So, uh, you know, to, and Craven the Hunter, believe it or not, is my favorite Spider-Man man villain like, yeah. i got him ranked over green goblin over uh venom over and i love venom too it's, that's kind of a tie i like how like this deadline article has a picture of aaron taylor johnson with his beard and his hair like yeah because it's like he, he looks, looks like, like, <laughs> like that's even more of perfect casting so uh, i'm excited i'm excited as hell for this craven the hunter because i wonder like because usually anybody knows Craven the Hunter, he hunts Spider-Man. Yeah. So, like, how do you do a movie about him? <laughs> like, so I wonder, is it going to be timing? Is it, like, in terms of timing, is it going to be after Spider-Man comes back to this universe and maybe he's hunting 
the spider the uh the new Tom Holland Spider Man or maybe is he just hunting something else and like He's hunting post- Venom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he might hunt Venom or something and the post credit scene is like Spider Man and he like, Oh, I got my new person. I'm you know, so that I'm just excited to see what if it, it had nothing to do with Spider Man. What if it's just like a completely like him like hunting in Africa, hunt taking on a lion or something I, like listen, that? I wouldn't mind it as long as they have like that post credit scene because think how cool it'd be to set up how badass Craven is and how he's dope and he's amazing at hunting shit and then at the end he's hunt- that same guy is hunting Spider-Man he's got, like, a, he's got a picture and it's like yeah, yeah I got a like, job for oh, you oh fuck cause if they set him up in this movie as like a beast and then the next one he's hunting Spider-Man you're like damn Spider-Man is in trouble you know what <laughs> I mean so I'm excited about that news alright okay um, I just want to say as far as a, a quick side note is uh I don't know if it was an interview with Variety or whatever, but uh, Jeff Bezos gave a quote, and it was on Variety's uh, uh, page, and it said that uh, Jeff Bezos says that MGM, we're gonna, they're going to make MGM properties, uh, we're going to re- reinvigorate them for the 21st century, is what he said. So he's talking about all the properties that they acquired. They're, they're, gonna, they're not going to just sit on them. They're going to actually do stuff with it. So That's good. That's smart. Um, I mean, they better if they, you know what I'm saying? If they they're spending that, that money. much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, y'all better get this money going. You know what I'm saying? Get this money flowing or else y'all going to you know, regret it. But yeah, that's good news. Yeah, so it's official. And uh, I think we were talking about at the time where we were like, whoa, is it going to be announced? Or yeah, now it's official. Uh, which is kind of interesting because like, one thing I didn't even realize when, I, when we talked about it in the news week last week is that uh, for years now, MGM has actually put themselves on sale. Uh, and no, there was no takers until yeah. now. So yeah. I guess, I, I guess, uh, I guess maybe MGM might have been struggling financially, so they can just infuse that money into projects and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I had no idea that they were may, they may have been having some financial difficulties if they were in trouble of shutting down, maybe. Mm-hmm. But either way, they're now going to be solvent, and hopefully, we're going to get some good executives that can actually run shit and make good decisions and green light the right things. Right things. Yeah. So yeah. I, I uh, as of right now, I think it's a great deal. You know. If they don't execute this right, then it's gonna be a bad deal with that kind of money. But I, to me, I feel like it's a good deal for both sides. If MGM was struggling, eight point four billion sounds good, you know. <laughs> and Amazon, you know, Amazon again, it's it's a part of that streaming war thing. So they need more content and stuff that they can, per, you know, uh, do and put out and ha- have people excited about. So we are gonna see. And uh, also, real quick, I wanted to talk about Wes Anderson. He's one of the great directors ever. So, you know, him having a new movie to um, debut, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I don't know anything about it, but I know he's Wes Anderson. And uh, <laughs> so that this is always good news to see that Wes Anderson has anything coming out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, next up, uh, I guess... There's really nothing whole to say about uh, Jason Kilar. I think it was Jason Kilar was the executive that actually made the decision to make uh, the HBO Max day and date decision and stuff like that. And and now no. it's kind of funny. It's like he was out of the job, out of, and now he's saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna totally." No, you're not. Right. If you're either that, if you are, you're getting demoted for a little yeah, bit. And then you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> you gonna say that. All right, let's go ahead and and move on to the next segment. All right, so for check this out, we got a couple of uh, interesting stuff here. Uh, so I watched the Escape Room back in like January of like I don't know 2018, 2019, whenever that year came out. Escape Room was actually pretty good, and now they're making a sequel called Escape Room Tournament of Champions, and this movie looks crazier. It gets bigger. 
like higher like uh, uh what do you call it higher concept so yeah it looks interesting it's the same uh, same actress coming back uh, in the lead role hopefully maybe she lives in this movie i don't know they're making it sound like she could die um but yeah bigger budget all that good stuff uh there's a hulu i believe this is a hulu or an amazon i forgot which one one of these is like a streaming stuff but a movie called false positive which was a movie with uh, pierce brosnan um i don't know if it's a streaming one or a move straight to movie we'll we'll see um late night in soho which i'm not even entirely sure what this uh this one is okay anya taylor joy that's that's the reason why it's because it's i know who she is uh it's apparently it's set in the 60s and uh nothing a whole lot going on here it's it's probably a psychological thriller is what it says and uh let's see your jungle cruise 2 have you seen the trailer for the second trailer for jungle cruise uh-uh. it just came out this week uh-uh. and it's it's pretty ridiculous like they they Even showed more a, ridiculous yeah, than the first one yes they showed more they showed more explosions and more like Whoa, like it gets it gets insane like i'm gonna show you real quick this this clip right here, here. uh they're they're just going the like hell? they going for full like disney yeah. crazy anything can yeah. happen kind of it's it's kind of like the worst pirates of the caribbean is how i kind of imagine Dang, it. i didn't expect like cgi yeah look, see, look, look at this you see shit. yeah like they're just going full-on like yeah. ridiculous and stuff like I that mean, anytime you bring the rocky in you kind of want to turn see it look at this shit what the hell like <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, man! They're like, we got the rock. Let's turn it into an action movie. Shit, like, like I turn feel it like into Fast and Furious. Like, they turn the steamboat into Fast and Furious. Oh my god, man, that's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, they kind of did that with the um, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, um, Jumanji. Jumanji. Oh you know, yeah, like yeah. Jumanji was never like this big action type of movie at all. But you know, when they did that, they kind of. You know, when they brought The Rock on, they made it more of a this action movie. And I think, and that was successful. So I think Jungle Cruise is trying to take that approach. Whether yeah. it's going to be successful or not, I don't know. To me, I'm never into that kind of stuff, like <laughs> turning shit like, you know, oh, it's you know, into funny. an action movie. I saw this trailer, and I this trailer is trying to entice you. Look at this action shit. Yeah. This shit looks silly as hell. It I looks, don't like, it looks oh. goofy because, like, the CGI sucks. That's yeah, the, off the rip. Like, anytime you Pirates try to, 1 had better CGI. Yeah, like, the CGI, you can't get me with that and then secondly it's like this is the big mistake that a lot of uh studios make man stop trying to grip us by the action there's nothing in movies we haven't seen before <laughs> so stop trying to make the action what we uh you know to get us hooked to it get us hooked to the characters get us hooked to the story get us hooked to the actors and then the action will be there when you know the when we see the movie but the notion of like look look at a big ass <laughs> boat blowing up look okay and, then, and, and getting on top of houses and yeah stuff like that. <laughs> look at the cgi that's not too good like get it you know that, that just to me is a sign of, that the movie might suck like they're trying to like oh you put any action in the movie we got to get them to the movie because the movie ain't that good that's kind of what that's saying but we'll see all right i would say the bigger headliners i would say actually came out towards the beginning of the week uh old which is the m night Shyamalan movie yeah i've seen that, that. i've seen that like it to looks me, it's, crazy. A, it's such an m night type of movie you it know looks like, good, though. it looks like it's gonna have the twists yeah and look and and i like the actors that's in it you yeah. know you got the actor from uh uh, the hereditary you got uh the uh the actress that was in um 
the phantom thread you know in there and it looks like you know they're aging on this beach and yeah. you're like what the fuck is going on you know what i mean so this is seemed like a movie that m night Shyamalan would be good at you know it was kind of like split you yeah. know when everybody was like oh he's trash he's done he's yeah dead. and i was one of them dudes like he's terrible <laughs> he did split and i'm like damn m night you know as long as he keeps the movie at a certain budget and he ha- makes the movie in a style that you know he's comfortable with i think he can still make good movies it's when he started doing like the happening and some of these more big budget movies where they're trash but after to me, earth i think after earth wasn't it? after earth oh, uh God. the uh what's the airbending will, uh, will smith then oh oh the last airbender the last yeah. airbender like one he does those big blockbusters he can't handle them but this to me seems like more of a contained budget yeah. type of film and uh, i'm actually excited to see this one yeah, you know, what's kind of interesting is like, you know, uh, there was like back in the 90s when The Sixth Sense came out and stuff like that, there was like this magazine cover of M. Night Shyamalan. It's like next the next Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I think he was starting to drink his own Kool-Aid and yeah, uh, he yeah. wasn't like, now we got like make Lady in the Water and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. he thought he could do no wrong. He thought he could do no wrong. And, and then now he's big. learning to take studio and I think notes. And I think he's uh, humbled, you know, I yeah. think what that does is humble you. And so I think from that point on, he's like, all right, let me go back to what my original you know how i used to direct these small contained movies with a twist and this looks like it's gonna have another twist so we just gotta see if the twist at the end is as good as his older twist in his movie so we'll see yeah i like i like that it's like a small limited cast they're in a contained setting it's kind of like when you make a movie and it's all set in one house kind of thing thing. and so you only have to focus on the acting and the story to pull it off right right i mean the actors in this movie like he went from these aren't the biggest names but in terms of Gael Garcia Bernal man yeah in terms of talent man it's like he's trying to get people Oscar nominated nominated like real talk oh that's actually yeah actually I didn't even think about that you're right all right, so that's old, and the last uh, big trailer was the Tomorrow War. We finally got a real trailer for the Tomorrow War, which is coming out on Amazon Prime. Um, we've been getting, we've been getting a little bit like quick, like five second, thirty second teasers, and now it's like our first actual real, real trailer. And uh, you know, Chris Pratt is actually like you know very like uh, how do I put this? He's very charismatic in this trailer. We actually got to know what the plot is about for the yeah. one signing thing, and uh, this uh, this trailer, this this movie, this movie just looks bombastic and just action, just. Yeah. From uh, like boss of the wall action, and I'm actually looking forward to it. So, have yeah. you actually seen this trailer? Yeah, I did. And, and the trailer, like, it looks fantastic. Like to me, this is the definition. We was just talking about Jungle Cruise. <laughs> you know, to me, this is the definition of how you want to do a trailer. You know, like this trailer gets you, you know, invested in some of the acting, the performances. It gets you invested in, you know, uh, the characters. It gets you invested in the talent, and then they could throw you a little sip of like, here's like the action and the badassery about this movie so you know this is the example of a movie that i'd be excited for i look at jungle cruise and i'm like hell no i ain't going to see that <laughs> all right all right that's uh that's it for trailers but there is one thing i wanted to do as these are all all the trailers are going to be in the links in the show notes as well as these uh a link to these two articles which are like quick like little show off we got an official first look at uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake and Sully in the Uncharted movie. So it's an official image, a production still. This production still, I'm not going to lie, this kind of looks very generic and bland. This does not look anything that specifically rem- resembles Uncharted. Yeah, this is disappointing because when you think of Uncharted, I wanted it like some kind of cool ass like in the jungle or some shit behind 
them or something, yeah. not just him in a regular room with a flashlight. Yeah. Like, to me, it's almost like them trying to be Uncharted instead of it feeling like Uncharted, you know? Yeah. And so, but I mean, this is just a steal. Who gives a shit, you know? Like, this <laughs> might be a picture of some random photography shot, photographer shot, and who knows, you know? But uh, we'll see on the thing. But I... I I gotta talk real quick about Tom Holland cast as Nathan Drake. Like to me, Nathan Drake is like a more of a bigger grown man. Yeah. And I feel like Tom Holland's more of a kid, like Spider Man. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna feel about the casting until I see him and see if he works as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure they want him for like the another Hugh Jackman situation where he can play this movie for like for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. And same thing with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was originally cast as as a uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan Drake. Really? Uh, ten about. Ten, Five ten years ago, uh, when yeah. they were like, uh, it was like getting a start and stopping. They were having production issues, yeah, getting off, yeah. getting it off the ground. So that's crazy how they kept him still in it, but just not as Nathan Drake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's gotten old enough to he can play like, which he's actually not even that old to be playing uh, Sully, anyways. Yeah. But I guess they also want a Sully that can be you know actiony for uh-huh. like a long time as well. Right. So yeah, he'll they'll both grow into the role kind of thing. But and this is a two second uh, uh, gif. Of uh, a, like a loop, a gift. So we actually kind of know, we actually see uh, what it, you know, an actual scene, you know. It doesn't look very, it's not very high quality because gifts are gifts. Yeah. But this is, again, this is our only like actual look at, you know, mm. the movie in action. Yeah. And it's, it's all right. It doesn't yeah, I mean, seem there's very... nothing you could get from it other than like Tom Holland kind of seeming like Peter Parker. <laughs> that like real time, that's like to me a Peter Parker face. Like, I don't know why. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you want to see what we're looking at you can go and check this out uh look at the link in the description and that's it that's it for check this out so we're gonna go ahead and, and uh move things along to netflix and chill all right so for netflix and chill we have uh the charts that we normally talk about uh so first up is uh lucifer at number one on netflix uh Lu- the second half of season five debuted finally on Netflix, and all I see on people on Twitter is talking about Lucifer. Yeah, Lucifer's a big hit, man. A lot of people love Lucifer. You know, I, I haven't got into it, but a lot, I know a lot of people that do. So. I know a lot of coworkers that talk about Lucifer and stuff like that. So, that so yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. Straight to number one. Uh, next up is Doggone Trouble, which was like their big movie debut. It's an animated, like DreamWorksy looking movie. Uh, then there's Home, which I think is actually a DreamWorks movie. Um, it's, those are animated movies. Then there's Blue Miracle at number four. Army of the Dead drops from number one to number five. At least it's still in the top five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number six is Ragnarok, which Ooh, is... Oh, uh, Ragnarok is on Netflix? You know, you know what it is? You know what Ragnarok is? No, oh, no, I thought, I'm th- tripping. I'm thinking of Thor Ragnarok. Thor I'm Ragnarok. Tripping. I, I'm tripping. Okay, I was going to say, you know, I, I, I just barely figured out that, I barely found out this is a thing. Okay, the second season just dropped on on Netflix. It's an it's a foreign series. Oh. It's in like a different language and there's subtitles in there. Oh, okay. And apparently, and like the, the actual like uh, poster on, on, on there is like a Thor hammer of a guy, someone holding a Thor hammer and lightning. Oh, and lightning. Oh, shit. That's some, that's some like, uh, False like uh, advertising shit like because I mean even me seeing it, I, first right. thing came to my head was Thor Ragnarok. Like, All right, you know what I'm saying. So I'm like, one first thing came to my head was damn Thor Ragnarok on Netflix, and the second thing that came to my head is damn it's number six. Like, <laughs> like what the hell? So you know that I don't like that false advertisement ass bullshit. Like you know what I'm saying. You have someone thinking, oh look, it's Thor Ragnarok, and they clicking, and then they're speaking a different language. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go. Go ahead and go ahead and pull up my Netflix right now and just show you how uh, it looks like. Oh, yeah. look, yeah, right there, that one. Right there, yeah. that, that's the one. That, that's the. Ain't that, ain't that one too? Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, that's that bullshit. I but, mean, yeah. it's kind of clever though. I ain't hating. It's kind of clever, you know. Like you might as well try to, you know, gain some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of spark. <laughs> spark. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, next up is the Kaminsky method, which is a Michael Douglas thing of all things. That's interesting. He's mm-hmm. back. Uh, number eight is Coco Melon, and I actually have to take a little bit of credit for that one because I actually babysat my nephew this past weekend mm. for like a little bit. You're and the reason it's number eight right now. <laughs> he, because uh, it's been at number ten like for like week after week yeah, after week, it and it actually bumped up to number eight. Coco Melon, man. All right, that, so, so check this out. Check this out. So my nephew, he's three years old. He's like a little two to two to three years old. And he's a little baby. He's barely starting to learn how to talk. And so, and I'm sitting him down, and I was gonna put something on Netflix. He's like, Hey, what do you want to watch? And he's like, Coco Melon. And I'm like, Oh my god. Yeah, I think that's why that's sticking around. Man, when kids love something, kids like even think of us as kids. We'll watch the same thing over and over and over and over. So I think that's sticking around so much because a kid probably come home every day and put on Coco Melon. You know, you know? what's the worst part about this is like I feel really bad. Okay, Coco Melon, it's got like like little lullabies and singing and shit. Yeah, and it's really annoying, right? Yeah, uh, like like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um. And the the Coco Melon on Netflix is only six episodes, yeah, which yeah. means that the kids are literally watching the same thing yeah, over same and over. And the parents over. are are they're they're, they're listening but, to it. But be honest, I watched Coco Melon. <laughs> now I'm being for real. I watched Coco Melon, and it's actually quality. You know, Coco Melon is actually like if you pay attention, because yes, it's like for kids, and it's like this like annoyingness to it but if you really pay attention to the subtleties of it you know it's actually pretty good yeah they're teaching you how to like oh yeah 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 hey or something i don't know um yeah coco melon number eight and number nine the mitchells versus the machines is actually holding on strong it's a quality animated movie i told you you about that movie yeah i told you about that movie day one i gotta see it and (laughs) and the fact that it's holding on that means it has legs yeah like netflix because netflix they they eat you off the list real fast yeah you know that means people still watching that shit i need to see it real time number 10 is who killed sarah and those are the top 10 things on netflix like series and movies and if we exclude all the series we're going to go to straight to uh, top 10 movies on Netflix. Dog on Trouble again, number one. Number two, Home. Number three, Blue Miracle. Number four, Army of the Dead. And number five, uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Those are all on the regular Netflix charts, and that's how they, they're in the same order. But then, rounding it out in the bottom uh, five, is number six is The Woman in the Window, which is that Amy Adams movie that you want to do an impression on, I believe. Number eight is uh, number seven is Collateral Beauty, which is that Will Smith movie from yeah, back in the day. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> but why is it number seven on Netflix? Yeah, I don't, I don't have no fucking clue. Like, I don't, I don't know what made Maybe it's new. But that movie had a lot of stars in it. Like, yeah, it had, like, like uh, Kate Winslet. And, uh, didn't it have, uh, what's her face, uh, Harley Quinn? Uh, or am I thinking Margot Robbie? Yeah. No, no, you're thinking of... Uh, uh, Another Will Smith yeah, you're thinking yeah. of another one. That, that's okay. not that one. Okay. Uh, I actually like that one with Margot <laughs> Robbie and Will yeah. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number, and I actually, and they did Suicide Squad together yeah, too. Yeah, so they worked together they twice. twice. They, it was literally, and it was like twice in a row because I think that one with Harley Quinn and Will Smith came out in like 2014. And then the, uh, what Suicide Squad came mm-hmm. out in 2016. So yeah. that means they worked on it, Suicide back Squad back. back to back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, number eight is The Secret Life of Pets 2, which is, I believe is a Kevin Hart movie. Number nine is the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Sa- uh, Sabotage. And number 10 is The Whole Truth. Yeah. Um, as far as iTunes goes, uh, the top 10 things on iTunes is The First Quiet Place skyrocketed straight to number one. I, I mean, and that makes sense because people want to watch, you know, Quiet Place leading up to the second Quiet Place. So yeah. that makes sense. And A Quiet Place is fantastic. Exactly. Number two is The Marksman. Number three is the trash ass movie that is Chaos, Chaos Walking. Walking. God <laughs> number three. Come on, Tom Holland. 
Uh, probably the last week on the number, on the charts here, and we'll tell you why in a sec. Number four is Ryan the Last Dragon. Number five is Godzilla vs. Kong. Number six is Minari. Number seven is that uh, American Trader, the Trial of Axis Sally. We talked about it on last week's new releases. Yeah. It must have released simultaneously in limited theaters and on mm-hmm. video on demand yeah. because it's the, what is it? Uh, damn. Uh, Al Pacino, yeah, the Al Pacino. Yeah. The Al Pacino movie. Number eight is Lone Survivor, which is the Mark Wahlberg movie. It was yeah, really good. I liked it. That was a good-ass movie. Number nine is The Little Things, and number ten is Riders of Justice. Why is The Little Things holding on all the time? It's like, still what? on HBO. I mean, it's on HBO Max for free. Like, what the like, hell? What? I don't understand. Why would you pay for this? And it's on HBO Max. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even understand why it's in the top 10 of anything. Because <laughs> the little things wasn't that good at all. But, I mean, it wasn't it terrible. Was, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. But it's yeah. not good enough to be hanging out in no top 10s this long. <laughs> like, like Jesus Christ, we're almost in June now. And then we came out in February, didn't we? Yeah, like February. It's like, dude, it's May 31st. Cut yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's the uh, as far as the Ryan the Last Dragon. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this later on during new releases. But the reason why I'm guessing that it's going to be the last week in the in the the top ten on iTunes is because it's about to come out for free on Disney Plus for every, everyone else. So mm. the ninety day th- uh, oh, Disney yeah. premiere access is over. Yeah, nobody's going to be paying, paying for, for that. It, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as my recommendation, I actually found a little gem that I actually really think that everyone should watch. I'm like, I'm been like recommending like these old classic movies that, you know, it's like, you gotta, if you're a movie band, a fan, you gotta have, have watched it. And I picked, uh, an old movie from back in the day it was, I don't know if it was the nineties, but the movie is set in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Sandlot. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. What yeah. the fuck? No, How the hell have you not heard of the Sandlot? Oh my no, God. It's, it. it's one of like the all time classics. Um, it's like a, it's, um. It's about a kid in the summer, like he's like a shy kid, and he's new to he's new to the neighborhood, and yeah. he makes a a group of friends, and they okay. they play in the sandlot, which okay. is a uh, like their makeshift uh, baseball field. It's not like okay. you know they just put like little plates and stuff like that, and just oh, making it to play baseball. Yeah. And the movie is about them in the summertime, just having fun, like going swimming, going to an amusement park, just having a, like a summer of fun. Yeah. And then like one of the big plot points in the movie is that. Um, they keep on accidentally like whenever they make a home run, they hit the baseball into like the the backyard of a of a guy, mm-hmm. and this there's a big dog that's scary looking as fuck, oh, and they're su- they're super fucking scared oh, of the wow. dog, and so as soon as you he, he hit the ball the ball to that yard, yeah. that's it, the ball's gone, Damn. and that's it. Like they they never they never tried to uh, retrieve the dog or knock on the guy's door, yeah. uh, because they also think he, the guy they think they're they're afraid of the guy too, yeah. and so. The movie is uh, uh, the bigger uh, the bigger arc in the movie is whenever uh, he they ran out of baseballs and so the kid the new kid is like oh I know where I have a baseball he goes home he gets a, a baseball that's signed by Babe Ruth and oh. then they play with that ball the and then the and then the, he hits it that same day out to that same fence oh, and man. the movie is about them trying to like sneakily get the ball back from the dog oh, with a, it is hilarious there's so many moments and there's so many quotable moments yeah and yeah. there was even a reunion like a couple of years ago that's a where, great concept that yeah a that's a great concept there's a, reu- a reunion a couple of years ago where there was the kids are as adults now and it's crazy it's like it's super nostalgic it's yeah. again like it just it's, it hits all the nostalgia it is a great movie you can watch it right now on hulu i highly recommend it like yeah. big time yeah that sounds badass man like that that sounds like a classic great yeah plot. classic great plot sounds very funny and nostalgic you know yeah so, yeah. yeah so do you have a recommendation so my week? recommendation is uh goodfellas that's on Ooh. netflix uh you know, and the, and the reason why Goodfellas is my recommendation, not just because it's a classic Martin Scorsese movie, but they have it where it's like 
before the movie starts. And I was actually confused because it's almost like uh, they have these special features of like Martin Scorsese talking about the movie and it's showing little clips of the movie while he's talking about you know, while he's talking about it and he talks about like ideas and how it ended up getting made and how he met with the producers and the struggles you know to get scenes made and things like that and it's like at the beginning and so when I was watching I was like I want to watch the movie and I was clicking away you know <laughs> I was clicking away and, and going back to it and it's uh and I'm like I was confused like why the hell this shit's not working and it's actually on HBO Max I'm sorry it's not <laughs> on Netflix it's HBO Max that makes more sense yeah. actually but uh yeah so I'm clicking away because I'm like I want to see uh, like this special feature stuff is shit it's cool, but I want to see the movie though. Like, you know, and then I fast forward. I was like, hold on. And I fast forward and then the movie starts like after it. So it was probably like the first 30 minutes. So it's like minutes. a little preamble or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Now that I know that the movie's here, I rewinded it and rewatched watch, like the special features he do. But it's like, if you're a fan of Goodfellas, like it's so cool to, you know, see this like behind the scenes kind of thing. And I, and from my research, it's not on any other DVDs or nothing. So like, it's, oh, it's like you're getting a fresh, brand new, experience that's not in any other special features of him Holy talking shit. about it. Yeah, so I'm like, wow, this shit is dope, man. It's cool how HBO did that. That's like a unique thing. They sat and, him down and gave him a little interview and Right, you yeah, know, and they kind of did that with the Justice League movie. Yeah. Like, Zack Snyder has, like, interviews where he's talking about his version of the Justice League and stuff. And so I was like, man, that's really unique and cool. But, yeah, you know, everybody know Goodfellas. It's a classic. It's a gangster film, yeah. you know, with Ray Liotta, you know, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro yeah. Joe Pesci, yeah. that won the Oscar and uh, it was uh, it's just a great gangster movie and it tells a story of like growing up in that world and how it could you know lead you down a bad path and you know how your life can end up self-destructing basically but it starts off very fun to be in the gangster life and yeah. so but it's it's a great movie I love it but uh, I think that's the one I wanted to talk about mainly because of those special features that's at the beginning you so. know what's oddly enough is like there's like you know I haven't seen that movie in such a long time that there's only like I can only remember like a couple of scenes like when that Joe Pesci beats that little kid up or whatever yeah yeah, uh, yeah not yeah, a little yeah, kid but like shoots, a teenager yeah. yeah 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 he shoots the kid yeah. and I mean listen that 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 movie and you know, watching it recently with a friend of mine, like I like it, it's violent as hell, man. <laughs> but it's so like it's weird because it's violent, but it's very charismatic. Like the yeah. movie itself is charismatic. It's a lot of funny moments. Yeah. It's a lot of bright, fun characters. It sucks you in, and yeah. it sucks you in, and you're just smiling at a bunch of shit, and then boom, 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 a shoot. It's like, oh fuck, this shit is like very graphic, you know. And so it's, I think that's what makes the movie so good because a lot of gangster movies and stuff like that, they want to let you know it's a gangster movie by being dark and like being yeah. like this movie is at certain points is almost like a comedy in yeah. terms of the tone, and then it'll show. Someone getting stabbed or some shit. Yeah. So, but it's a classic, great all-time great movie. And the only other movie I've seen that I remember like very vividly is like when when Ray Liotta is looking up in the car when they look at the helicopter. Oh yeah, he's yeah. paranoid he's as paranoid. Like it's one yeah. of the great scenes ever made. It's like because he's on coke, so it's like <laughs> the editing is like him on coke. Like it's very like very annoyed and like it's like quick shot editing. And it was so great. And uh, I mean, of course, we all know the greatest one of the greatest gangsters scene is like you think I'm funny yeah you, know, you think oh, yeah. I'm funny like what's so funny and then yeah. you know that that's, that's the scene we're talking about yeah that's one of the great scenes so yeah that's my recommendation yeah all right that's fair enough uh that's a good recommendation that you brought your a game this one appreciate it all right let's go ahead and hit up the new releases let's go 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm glad you like that sound effect, by That's the way. That's my favorite one. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> so, for new releases, uh, I'm gonna be doing another movie night this weekend here at home uh, because The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It comes out on this Friday on June 4th on theaters and on HBO Max. Uh, it says here for the uh, synopsis, paranormal, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational ca- cases of their career careers after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and, and bloodied young man walking down the street. Accused of murder, the, sub, the suspect claims demonic possession as his defense, forcing the Warrens into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before. The film stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga reprising their roles as uh, paranormal investigators and authors Ed and Lorraine Warren with uh, Ruari O'Connor, Sarah Catherine Hook, and Julian uh, Hillard also starring. Uh, Troy, I believe this is the eighth entry in the Conjuring cinematic universe. Mm. So, and it's also crazy. It's been five years since The Conjuring 2. It's kind of, I, I honestly thought that this was like the fourth Conjuring film, but, yeah. you know, I between mean, the it, Annabelles and Annabelle all this other stuff. And creation and all yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I, when I look at the trailers, the trailers look kind of intriguing. And uh, it looks like uh, they're going for like a little bit more of just straight up horror. Yeah. Because like, if you think about The Conjuring films, it's, they're horror movies, but they're more character studies than anything. But it looks like it's more kind of straight up horror in this one. It's like they're actually going for making it scary because like some of the Conjuring movies, that's some of their, uh, you know, their backflashes like that people, you know, uh, they're good movies, but they're not as scary as like people would want them to be. So it looks like they're trying to be a bit more scarier with this. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, you know, because the Conjuring movies, I don't know if lately, I don't think, <laughs> they've been as great as they the first two yeah uh or whatever so we'll we'll see you know we'll see yeah i, I was trying to remember like was like there's eight movies in the cinema but it trips me out how none, they, i forgot about the nun <laughs> but it trips me out how they always like based off a true story yeah. damn how much shit based off <laughs> i can see the first one based off a true story something like that happened we're all the way at the eight and they're still like based off a true story like damn this much ghost shit that happened <laughs> and like this much scary shit that really happened like well like so. the third i don't want to say the three mainline ones because it's ed and lorraine warren are real people yeah so, right you know right. what i mean uh, I think everything else with like Annabelle and the Nun and all this other stuff, they just went and made that shit made up. Uh, up. Yeah. Um, that's, from, that's what I think, anyways. I could be wrong. Well, the Annabelle is real too. The yeah, doll, like the actual the doll. doll. I know. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of maybe the all the shit yeah. around it, ain't and they new. actually do keep it in a glass case, by the way. But and, and also, like, it's weird because the real Annabelle doll looks way more Worse. scarier than the <laughs> fucking fake Annabelle doll. I was like, y'all should have just mimicked that doll specifically, you know. <laughs> All right, so the next new release here is Spirit Untamed. Uh, again, I'm a little bit actually like, uh, um, how do I put this? Hes- hesitant to say that these are new releases because I never heard of most of these things. Mm. Um, I'm actually doubting doubting how like the validity of these things actually coming out in theaters, but all the marketing that I looked up says that they are coming out this weekend. Mm. Uh, for all I know, they could be coming straight to VOD, you know, mm. like straight to iTunes. I, I never heard of this. So apparently it's coming out in theaters, and this is what I've I've read about. It's like, it's called Spirit Untamed. It's a DreamWorks movie, I believe, and it says after moving to a sleepy little town, young Lucky Prescott befriends a wild Mustang named Spirit, who shares her rebellious spirit. When a heartless wrangler plans to capture Spirit and his herd, Lucky and her new friends embark on the adventures of a lifetime to rescue the horse that forever changed her life. 
It is based on the Netflix animated television series Spirit Writing Free, as well as a spinoff of the traditional animated film Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Have you remember that Matt Damon movie? That uh, mm. it's a two D like looking like old school Disney animated film a film called Spirit. I, don't think I remember. It. I watched that bitch back in the day, so it's basically based off of that. Um, this is also the second theatrical release of the Spirit franchise. So there you go. The film stars Isabella Merced, which I believe she was Dora the Explorer, or not, or not Dora, whatever, whatever her name is. You know, like that one movie. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Marseille Martin, McKenna Grace, Julianne Moore, Walton Goggins, and uh, it sure Isaac Gonzalez. Damn, it sure do got a damn good cast. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. So let me let me just look her up real quick here because I need to know what movie she was in. Uh, she was in. Damn it. I can't figure it out. But I know That's she was Dora the Explorer. Is Do- she was Dora the Explorer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, right here. Yeah. So she is Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were right. <laughs> Uh, I was felt like, damn, she too old to be Dora Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dora the Explorer, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Julianne Moore. There you go. They're gonna be the voice in the in this uh, CGI animated movie. Next up, uh, Flashback comes out on June fourth in theaters. After a chance encounter with a man forgotten from his youth, Fred literally and metaphorically journeys into his past. He slowly begins to unravel a long hidden mystery about a missing girl, a drug called Mercury, and a terrifying creature that followed him into adulthood and i remember seeing this trailer uh the film stars uh dylan o'brien which i believe he was from like the raise runner movies uh micah monroe hannah gross amanda brugel emory cohen and keir gilchrist which uh he's uh he's uh, he did movies back in the day as well mm. uh like it's kind of a funny story he's one of them uh but yeah uh the trailer the trailer looks crazy freaky nothing too major i would say nothing to uh write home about Next up is Gully. Uh, it's out, it's out in the theaters uh, this weekend. Uh, this one you might actually uh, you might be interested. It says three friends from a rough Los Angeles neighborhood embark on a wild night of out of control partying. But when the rampage stops, the retribution begins. The film stars Jacob Lattimore, Charlie Plummer, um, Jonathan Majors, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Amber Heard, and Terrence Howard. Mm, Amber Heard. I know, right? She. I thought. I'm surprised that people aren't like uh, can- canceling her, her ass or whatever, you know. But yeah, like it looks like a, an, an interesting movie as far as like uh, how do I put this? It, it kind of reminds me of like the like I don't know like like gangsterish kind of films and stuff like that. I don't know how to I don't know how to put it, but anyways, yeah. whatever. Sounds legit. Um, next up, we have Under the Stadium Light, which is out in theaters this weekend. After a crushing defeat ended their prior season, everyone counted on counted the Abilene Eagles out of the title contention. Facing doubts and personal challenges both in, uh, on and off the field, it takes the guidance of their team ch- uh, chaplain? Captain. Let's go with team captain and a surrogate father figure uh, for the players to realize what they can achieve. They can achieve when they stand united. Mm. That is the most generic ass. Remember the Titans yeah. looking fucking <laughs> like sports drama. Uh, yeah, that that sounds like something we've seen before for sure. Even the poster looks like something like out of Remember the Titans here. Uh, the film stars Milo Gibson, which I didn't even know Mel Gibson had a famous son. Yeah, you know. Uh, but by by the That's way, Mel Gibson's son. Yeah. By the way, look at the look at the poster of Under the Stadium Line. Doesn't he kind of look like Mel Gibson? Yeah, yeah. He looks just like his ass. Fuck. That shit's crazy. Yeah. So 
Um, I start and the film stars Milo Gibson and Lawrence Fishburne. So uh, yeah, I feel like they 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 they, they take a picture of him uh, in, in, a, in a way ass. to look like a young Mel Gibson and yeah, stuff like that. He does look exactly like his ass. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah, but like in this picture right here, he does not look like Mel Gibson. So I yeah. think they just in the angle or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah even th- this poster is like goddamn like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> remember the Titans. It looks like remember the Titans like a motherfucker. That shit crazy. <laughs> like really, bro, y'all just gonna rip them off. Like, yeah. You know, like. <laughs> All right. Last up uh is uh, Sweet Tooth, which is a series on Netflix. Uh it says here ten years ago the Great Crumble wrecked havoc on the world and led to the mysterious emergence of uh hybrid babies born part human and part animal. And sh- uh, hell? Unsure if hybrids are the cause of the or results of the virus, many humans fear and hunt them. After a decade of living safely in this secluded forest home, a sheltered hybrid boy, uh, deer boy named Gus, unexpectedly befriends a wandering loner named Je- uh, Jeopard. Together, they set out on an extraordinary adventure across what's left of America in search of answers about Gus's origins, Jeopard's past, and the true meaning of home. But their story is full of unexpected allies and enemies, and Gus quickly learns the lush, dangerous world outside the forest is more complex than he could have ever imagined. The hell! The, I, listen, I ain't gonna lie. Um, oh, you're not finished reading. No, um, I was gonna say the the series stars Christian Covey, no, uh, Nanso uh, An- Anazi, Adil Adkar. The only famous person I know from Saturday Night Live is Will Forte, uh, Dania Ramirez, Neil uh, Sandilands, Stephanie Levy Owens, and Eliza v- uh, Valiani. Uh, so yeah, Sweet Tooth. It's uh it looks interesting. Like the kid has like horns on his head or whatever, you know. I don't know. I don't trust it. I I seen. I didn't see a, a trailer of this, but I did see like a photo or something like that. But I don't know if I trust uh, Netflix movies that's just come out of nowhere. Like <laughs> if they don't have someone like behind the scenes that's like no or recognizable in terms of direction, the director or producer or something, I still don't trust Netflix movies like this. So well, it is a it's a series and it's a it's a it's, oh, a, it's a movie. It's I a mean, series. it's a series. It's uh, uh, it's a series and it's also also based off of a DC comic book. Well, I take that back just because. Damn, what the hell? I ain't never heard of that. That's crazy. Um, DC uh, of all things, right? Yeah, like that's crazy. <laughs> but I, I trust. Well, I take that back because I trust Netflix more with their series than I do with their movies. Like okay. when it comes to just an original Netflix movie, I, I don't usually trust. That's that shit. true. You're right. Yeah, but You're when right. it comes to series, they can do good Netflix shows for sure. So. Yeah, that that definitely sounds like it might be cool. Yeah, this kid's got like little horns and stuff like that. I was like, okay, it's interesting. It looks. Uh, I remember seeing this thumbnail with the little kid with the dog ears and stuff and the dog nose. So yeah, that's uh, as far as pick of the week goes. I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious. It's Conjuring, right? It's not, yeah, yeah. There's nothing else uh, really that's to talk about. Not competitive against it. I'm pretty sure Sweet Tooth will debut at number one though. So oh, probably. Yeah. Probably it being that. a DC thing alone could make it debut number one. <laughs> and of course, as I stated before, remember this Friday, June fourth, is going to be the release of Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus. So if you've been holding out and you have a Disney Plus from a subscription, you can just watch it this weekend for no extra cost. Yeah. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, we're pretty much at time, so we'll go ahead and end it here. And uh, now. The end is near, and so I face the final curtain. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. 
Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracey Troy 21. There you go. Actually, that's a good one. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>